0: Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom!
1: I can't begin to tell you how great this past week was at TXETA. I got two interviews this past week. Two! Two! But I got lots of names uh, from my newest agent uh, and my newest hookup. In the podcast world. Man, so there, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, this week I've got Beth Obel. Apparently her kids po- call her Bobble. That makes sense. Beth Obel, right? Um, I don't know if that's flattering, but it's her name. And I also, and next week I'll have Melissa stuff. So the three of us, the triumvirate, if, if you will, uh, were the co-chairs for the exhibit floor for Expo C. Uh, so Expo C right in spanish anyway um and it was a it was a blast we're gonna do that again uh as long as we like each other uh we had such a great freaking time just being the the co-chairs um it it probably was the cheesy grits a couple days ago uh that that's probably what made it so fun they were delicious thank you moody gardens thank you cheesy grits uh but uh we just had a solid solid time and i got to tell you i'm coming down from cloud 9 i don't know um where that saying comes from cloud 9 somebody can tell me i don't i don't know where clouds 1 through 8 are but cloud 9 seems to be the important one and i am coming down from that it, it was uh, man um flattering uh, ego building um just great for my confidence. I'm happy that I brought the podcast back. So apparently so are many people. And um, I, I really, truly appreciate everyone that took time to say that they listen and say that they appreciate that it's back. And it meant the absolute world to me. Um, it felt like hundreds and hundreds of people said it. I know it was uh, dozens and dozens, but Uh, That's how it felt to me. That's just how great it felt in my head and my heart. Uh, My left big toe too, which I should probably get checked, but it just, it was great. And um, I led two workshops and those were (laughs) a lot of fun. I love, uh, you know, it's a performance for me to talk in front of adults, talk in front of people that reciprocate. Uh, if you If you don't reciprocate then i'm going to try hard to get you to reciprocate very hard, sometimes a little too hard but uh i I really enjoyed i i just I really can't say anything that went poorly this week on the side of like just seeing friends and other teachers and teachers that i don't even know that became friends and teachers that i don't even know that approached me to, to talk to me it was it was heartwarming now I will say this hmm one of the critiques I was given about my podcast or uh, not really about the podcast, but about how I come across on the podcast. Apparently I come across very serious on here and I can understand why. And what's funny is I was uh, chatting with one Gary Cooper uh, about that actually uh, because when I had him on, I, I think I said at the beginning, uh, cause he reminded me of it, two monotone dudes just talking, right? And uh, Gary and I, have lots of personality, but the way that our voices come across on an audio podcast, uh, isn't exactly, you know, riveting stuff. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that, but I, I, I apologize if I don't come across as my goofy, immature little asshole. Um, but, but that's exactly what I am. And so, uh, you know, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna revamp some things. I'm gonna try to see you know, I used to do a joke of the week, but uh maybe I should bring that back even though it still wasn't really my personality. But like like for instance, joke of the week, hilarious my new favorite one right now is uh have you heard the first rule of passive aggressive club? You know what? Never mind, it's not worth it. So that's my new favorite joke. It's clean, it's fun. You have to know obviously what passive aggressive is or uh maybe fight club to really understand that joke but uh anyway i i just i can't say enough about things now on to texas thespians that's next um i don't have a lot to do with big festival i'm going to grapevine ooh i bet you wonder how i knew grapevine um and uh I'll be there, but I'm not going to be doing much. I'm going to be with my students, so uh, it's the first time in a while because last year I did not bring any students. I was there probably having too good of a time. Anyway, I met lots of college kids this week too. Uh, the, the, The Lumberjacks from SFA, Stephen F. Austin, amazing kids. Tall David, shout out to you. Uh so it was just a lot of a lot of fun to to be around all these kids uh this week and teachers and and everything. I also kind of got to give a little bit of a shout out to Bryce. Bryce, you know who you are. Um I talked to your mother. I t- your mom. <laughs> anyway, uh I talked to your your mother. Uh your mother and I just, I, she told me all about how you are forced to listen to the podcast and now you like lighting. Uh, that's cool that I can't really put into words how cool that is. And so thank you, Bryce. So a little shout out to you, buddy. Hope you're listening to this episode because it's Beth Obel and nobody wants to listen to her. She is not worth it. Uh, one of the meanest, cruelest rudest people in the entire world, that Beth Obel. JK Dog, uh, she's the opposite of all those things. Um, loved working with her, loved getting to know her, and just, I I don't know, enough about TXETA. Um, let's just get straight to the interview, bros. I gotta say, I did uh, this interview in next week's. Uh, we sat at our little desk, and there are dance floors at the, right next to the desk, so you're going to hear lots of music. We did get interrupted quite a bit because, uh, believe it or not, people are needy. And although our booth was unmarked and looked like really just a trash pile, it seemed to be welcoming for people to ask us questions or come up to us all the time. So uh, I apologize if the editing is poor. I apologize if the sound quality is not as good as Zoom. But you're going to get what you need out of the amazing Beth
0: I like to credit it to my junior year of high school. I was the photography editor of our yearbook and I went to go take pictures of the fall musical which was West Side Story at Waller High School. I walked in and I realized that All of my friends were in theater and I was like how did I not know that all my friends are in this this looks like so much fun Um, and so I was like I think I want to do this and so I auditioned for I I say audition in the loosest sense of the word Um, I auditioned to be on the crew for the one act that year and I got put in as the sound technician
1: Not knowing anything about sound. Not
0: knowing anything about sound. And please know that we also had no sound system. So we used a CD player boombox that we traveled. And I would sit in the orchestra pit to play the sound for our show. Okay. All of it. We didn't use any sound systems. We used our portable, (laughs) like, jukebox. And we took it with us wherever we went. And I knew exactly what level to play it and exactly when to pause it and all the things. And that was my junior year of high school. And then the next year I auditioned and um, was cast as the lead. But there was no, like we did Arsenic and Old Lace and I was one of the old ladies. Um, but there was no pressure to audition because of the fact that I knew that I was gonna be able to be the sound technician and I could still be involved if, you had a
1: backup yeah
0: had a backup plan so I had nothing to lose going in and that's what I like to tell my students today too is like if you audition what do you have when you walk in that room and they're like nothing and I was like exactly so if you don't get a part have you lost anything and they're like no haven't lost anything I'm like that's right you only have something to gain by coming in this room and they're like oh that's smart but um, my high school director was Aaron Moore um, who's yeah now our president-elect our president (laughs) Um, um, and she molded me and she took me my senior year to um, what was then TTA and I auditioned for colleges and I I never dreamed that I was going to actually study theater in college but I was one of those kids that I just didn't know what I was good at and you talked in your workshop yesterday about the imposter syndrome and I'm like I felt like almost that you were personally attacking me because I'm like, I feel this all the time. I have this syndrome, right? Um, And so I was like, I just, I mean, I guess if they think I'm good enough that they're willing to give me scholarship money to come and study this, maybe I'm good enough that that's what I should study. So I just didn't know what I wanted to do. At one point, I wanted to be like a photojournalism and I was going to be famous and travel the world. Spider-Man. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Um, but so I got callbacks from like OU, and I mean, I went and visited their campus after that, and they had a job lined up, and I didn't end up going there, but it gave me the confidence to study theater as a profession. Um, so I ended up going to a little junior college in Idaho that my was like sponsored by my church, which is Rick's College, which is now BYU-Idaho. Okay. Um, And then I transferred from there to BYU. Is it a
1: Mormon-based school? Yes. Was it before? Yes. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, And so I studied theater there, um, really influenced by my advisor, Rory Scanlon, which in our, like, meetings one time, he's like, hey, what's your plan after graduation? I'm like, I think I want to go to UT. They have a really good theater, like, for young audience program and so I'm gonna go and study theater for young audiences and I wanna work with elementary kids and I'm gonna open my own children's theater and while I'm there I think I'm gonna get certified to teach like just as a backup plan and this is what he told me, direct quote, homicide is never the best option. And I looked at him and I was like, what? He's like, you are a perfectionist and you will kill one of them. He's like, don't do it, do not get certified to teach. So I graduated and I came home to Texas and I was looking for a job and I didn't know what I was doing looking for a job. How do you look for a theater job, right? And Aaron said, hey, I know this school that needs a teacher. So on August 3rd, I was interviewed and hired to teach at Stratford High School.
1: That's where you started? Yeah. Um,
0: my first year of teaching as an emergency certification like hire, and school started on the 7th, so I had four days to all of a sudden become a teacher. A technical director, just in case you wanted to know. Technical director. Yeah. I was like...
1: You had sound experience.
0: Yeah, had sound experience <laughs> on, um, you know, box and yeah. CD player and, like, And then what I learned in college, but I was so on fire, I wanted to teach the world everything that i knew and i'm like i'm gonna try and shove an entire semester of lighting design in one like six weeks and we're gonna study this and then my eyes were open to what teaching really is and i had like a nightmarish experience like one of my tech classes like a senior boy cut this girl's hair and i know that you're thinking like oh trimmed it a little no the lock was like 12 inches long that he cut off the top of her head and i'm like Now we can't even use scissors in here what are we supposed to do like it was it was an interesting experience we'll just say that um i resigned at the end of that year i was like no thank you Um, and my mom was an elementary school librarian and so while i was looking for work um, i subbed at an elementary level and i'd always thought that i wanted to work with younger kids and i learned quickly that i should not teach elementary school because snotty fingers and no, sticky and snotty is not for me. I don't like it. And they can't do anything by themselves. Mm-hmm. I can't tell them, hey, go do that. Yeah. Um, and so then Aaron called me after three years of me healing from the first experience. And um, she's like, hey, I've got another job lined up for you. I need you to take it. And I was like, Aaron, I don't. I don't think, I'm, I'm not a good teacher, and I just don't want to disappoint you, and she's like, the job is with me, mm. and so I got hired as the junior high theater teacher in Seely ISD to Aaron's ha- Seely High School, um, and that changed my life and the trajectory of my life forever, so as this young teacher, they had never had a theater teacher, so there's no way to disappoint anyone because they never knew what it was supposed to be like and it was a real learning and growing experience my principal i'm pretty sure thought that we i was just a babysitter for a long time because he would come with random projects like hey can you plant this garden and i'm like um i think we could maybe work that into the design teaks like um okay sure we'll plant a garden for you Um, Can you make these signs for us? And I'm like, shouldn't the art department make these? Okay, sure, we'll do whatever you need us to do. Um, But we started doing really good at contest. um, And it just kind of went from there. I did all the oral reading for the district, like 4th through 12th grade. And I, I like... And I think that this is one of the main reasons why I love theater is because I like seeing something and seeing the possibility of what it could be Mm -hmm. and what it could become. And so like um, our librarian had always done the yearbook and I was the yearbook editor at my high school. And so I was like, she was retiring. I was like, ooh, can I take on the yearbook? And they're like, no. (laughs) when are you going to do that? And I was like, well, and they're like, no, you cannot take that on. I was like, well, the cheerleading sponsor is really crappy. And I was a cheerleader. Can I do, um, the cheerleading sponsor? And they're like, when are you going to do, no, your classes, we have to turn people away from your classes. There's no way that you can fit this in. And so I had just reached my maximum growth and I was starting to get really burned out and I was living 45 minutes away and that was hard. Um, So I stepped back and I left the teaching profession and moved to California and worked as a costumer at Legoland. And when my manager was trying to tell me who I was allowed to be friends with, I was like, look, the last person that told me who I could be friends with was my mom when I was eight. And so, and she's like, well, that's not, I'm like, that is exactly what you meant. And that's exactly what you said. And no, the junior high children are nicer than you. So I um, Terry Driscoll gave me a call and was like, hey, there's an opening in Leander. You should come. Yeah. And I was like, OK, I've always loved Austin. Austin's a great city. And so I interviewed and got a middle school position there and I worked there for five years. And then I felt finally ready to move to the high school level. And so I, but I still love junior high. And so I was looking for a really small school that I could go to where I could do both. Yeah. And that's what I found. So I'm in the tiniest little bitty town.
1: So you are doing both?
0: Yep. I do two classes of junior high in the morning and then I travel to the high school, which is like a whole two minutes away. Right. Um, so and like I do
1: an off period to do that? No, oh, really?
0: in the four minute passing period, really? I get from the junior high to the high school. Um, I was like, I need a bike so that I can bike around town because it's so small, so small. And then I was like, there's no way I could make it from the junior high to the high school in two minutes on a bike. So I drive, but you know, it's ridiculous because it's a 10 minute walk from my house, maybe. So everything is so super close, but I really love it. Um, I do the junior high and we do one act. I host a junior high festival every year um we try and host district as often as we can at our school and so we just i mean we're just living the dream
1: and do you still have goals and aspirations to be a youth theater
0: no definitely not when i learned what (laughs) theater and little kids was like i was like this is not for me i the people that teach elementary it's not for me Um, the teachers that teach elementary, like, are my heroes because I could never yeah. do that. I just look at them, and they're like, you teach middle school. Gross. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they can do things. Not a lot, but they can do things by themselves without my constant supervision. So, uh, yeah.
1: What um, what got you working for TXCTA, getting so involved in that?
0: Aaron Moore. Like, was it Aaron? Oh, no. absolutely. Um, so, with that,
1: so in, serious, in all seriousness, what would you do if you did not have Aaron Moore? what would you where do you think you'd be right now well
0: you wouldn't know me
1: <laughs> well I know that but <laughs> um I'm, would a you know you? I'm not That's sure deep, I would huh? no uh, I probably
0: wouldn't like where do you think you'd be? I accredit my entire career to her honestly yeah. um I would probably um I probably would be an elementary school teacher my mom probably would have roped me in somehow yeah. oh you know what I would probably be a librarian because okay. I really love reading and I love books um, I especially love, like, young adult fiction, and so I'd probably be, like, a middle school librarian. I don't even know what that is. That's okay. Like,
1: what is young... Like, give me an example of young adult um, fiction. Percy Jackson and the Lightning oh, okay, and okay,
0: Thief, okay, like, okay. The Maze Runner, so Hunger I mean, Games, Harry Potter. Harry Potter like, so I'm yeah. into young adult fiction, too, Absolutely. I,
1: guess, I love, uh, like, Hunger Games. It's probably the last series of books I read. Yeah. Speaking of which... Oh? Do you know that there's a movie coming out in November Another not this November 23 no I had no idea anyway um, what is your favorite Hunger Games movie oh I don't know
0: why do you have to pick a favorite that's like
1: saying what's your favorite
0: student I'm like well that depends on what time of day it is
1: uh, (laughs) literally it rotates Um, (laughs) what's your favorite student my favorite okay. student
0: um, I would I can say that and I probably shouldn't say this out loud
1: <laughs> The ballad of songbirds and snakes ooh anyway
0: that looks good um, the probably my favorite student that I've ever taught would be really hard because there's so many like there's pro- there's been a handful <laughs> of like really important students in my yeah. life that I've still kept track of and stuff um, but I would say probably my very favorite which is horrible to say, um, would be Sarah Adams. And I look at her, oh, yeah. Sarah was great. you don't
1: even know her.
0: <laughs> um, but she was a senior, she graduated in 2020 during COVID. Um, she is so talented and our personalities are so similar that yeah. we just like automatically click. And she is so brave. And I as an introvert have always been like, I'm one of the background people. I want and I'm okay with that being in the background. I don't need to be noticed, but she is so brave and she puts herself out there and she does. Like she inspires me to be more outgoing and to try new things and she's so humble about everything. Like she's like, "Oh, um it's my senior year. We're going to do this show and you've given me like this bit part and I'm your best actress." Like, what are you thinking, you crazy lady? But she's like, "Okay. If that's the part you think I'm gonna be best at, yeah. that's the one I want. And yeah. I'm like, okay.
1: She was an actress. She's in an yeah.
0: She was an actress. She's now at UT Arlington, okay. and she's one of those kids that I honestly think will be on Broadway one day, just because of her personality well, and who she is. She's gonna go, yeah. She's gonna go far, and she's amazing. So she's probably been my absolute favorite kid to teach. But
1: um, I I feel like I asked Melissa this, but maybe I didn't. Uh, what what defines, or what makes you uh, most proud as a teacher of what your students do after your classroom? Like what ty- what would define, or what would make you feel proud?
0: I just want them to be good humans. Okay. I mean, I I realize that the theater world and the theater industry is so hard, and it's only lucrative for a blessed few, right? right. Um, so I don't I honestly don't care if they study theater. Right. I want them to appreciate theater, but um, I just I just really want my kids to be good humans. Yeah. And we talk about that. We talk about like work ethic and how to be kind to people no matter if they're rude to you or not. Right. Like I just want them to go be good people. Right. I I will say that one moment that I felt like super successful Um, was back when I was at Sealy Junior High and one of the kids I had as a sixth, seventh, and eighth grader, he, um, so as a boy, so that made it even more impressive in my mind, um, wrote me this letter. And I later asked his mom, I'm like, did you put him up to this? And she's like, I had no idea he even did it. Um, And I still have the letter to this day and I put it in my portfolio because it means that much to me. We had done his seventh grade year, we had done a Moliere piece. What's up? Hey. We're where, not on it, but we'll take it when the you're ones done. It? Yeah. Oh,
1: really? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. This is where you turn it in. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had so, done a Molière piece yeah. his freshman year, or his sorry seventh grade year, and he wrote me this letter at the end of his eighth grade year, saying, "Thank you so much for helping me love theater. I love Molière. I wish we would do more plays like that." And I. I did Molière with Aaron in high school and so I had a love for him. Like he's one of my very favorite playwrights and so that was like a success story to me that I had been able to instill the love of this classic playwright into this seventh grade boy. Yeah. So I thought that was really awesome.
1: That, yeah. What other are, are there other like is classic kind of your thing or is it just Molière in that particular
0: instance? No, I just kind of I like plays that touch me. What
1: do you do? What do you do for one-act play traditionally? Like what type of play? Not
0: um, so. I've only done high school one-act play like a handful of times because oh, I've right. done junior high a lot. And usually when I do junior high, I'm looking for a comedy. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, junior high theater i like to keep a comedy because you're trying to keep them engaged and they don't understand yeah. the drama but i will tell you that my last year at leander i did caucasian chalk circle yes i did with junior high kids and it is still one of my favorite shows that i've ever directed yeah. and those kids were a hundred percent buy-in to my crazy brechtian ideas and they sold it and it was beautiful yeah.
1: That's what we learned this year. Go go Lions. (laughs) Um, Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then uh, what was your secret sauce to getting the state? What was was it about this show that made you?
0: Okay. So as a high school director, I've been leaning more towards like historical fiction. Um, So we did my first year at Industrial. We did Brave Navigator and the kids did not buy into that. So that didn't go well. And then we did Silent Sky, and we made Alternate to Sape, and...
1: So they got a little taste of...
0: They got a little taste of, oh, if we actually trust you right. and what you know, right. then maybe we will be successful. Yeah. And so that was amazing. Then the next year was... Um, COVID, and we were doing Women of Lockerbie. Oh. It was beautiful, and we decided it's that tough, we decided that we won state because we got to compete at our district level, and we were district champs. So That's no a- one else in the entire state beat us. So we clearly won state that year, <laughs> what right? Five
1: a, four a? Three A, three A. Okay. Three a. Okay.
0: Like there's only like 350 kids in yeah. our whole high school. Yeah. Um, and then, um, what did we do? oh then we did gathering blue and the kids did their best but i don't think i had a hundred percent buy-in and we did really well with it we went all the way to region i think we were like fourth or fifth at region um and then this year i stepped really far outside of my comfort zone and we did ripcord which is a david Lindsay bear comedy which i don't know if you've read very much of his stuff but it's like crazy like So it's about these two old ladies that are in this like assisted living facility that are like medicated and stuff. They make this bet, but they go to a haunted house at one point. So you have to change the whole set to a haunted house and then they go skydiving. So how are you going to put that on stage? Oh, well, we tried. We did it. Clearly it worked. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And there's like all this crazy stuff that happens and you're like, how am I going to stage that? Um, But so we were, we just tried to make creative choices and
1: hope for the best
0: oh yeah Yeah. absolutely and and at this point I've had this group of kids since they were in junior high so that's one of the blessings of getting to teach in a small district where you have a blessing and a curse I guess I could say so you have the same kids for seven years sometimes um So you're really lucky. So these kids have had for their entire theater career. And so they're like, 100. you want us to do what? Okay, let's try it.
1: What do you think (laughs) you would do if you were put in a situation where you were not the teacher at one of the two levels? So you were either just the junior high teacher, like from now on, meaning not, I know that used to be the case. You were just Mm the junior high. But if you were to walk into a situation Let's say in 20 years you left, you were like, I just want to live in a bigger house. I don't know, some stupid reason. Mm -hmm. And you were only able to teach one of those levels. Is there something you would do that would help the other level? Like that you would go in and you'd say, okay, I taught 20 years in this situation where I was literally their sixth grade teacher all the way to their 12th grade teacher. Mm -hmm. Here's here's some things that I would recommend. Like, are there things that you would yeah, s- like tips and tricks that kind of stuff so that you because I would assume your program has grown because yeah. they, they like fall in love with the teacher.
0: Oh, They're- I mean, I have right, <laughs> I have <laughs> <stop it. laughs> I, um, I have when I first got there I taught um, two sections of theater at the high school. I taught one junior high class. I taught two sections of theater one, and one of them had three kids in it. Mm. So why, I don't know. They couldn't just put them with the other nine. Right. It's not like the other class was overflowing or something, right. but, um, and then a production class, and I was a proctor for a college class. Okay. Like, I just- Like a dual credit type? No, oh. I just sat in the room and did work, like no. my own work, um, and a tech theater class, and that was it. And I'm like, this, this class is a waste of my time. Yeah. Um, we need a Theater 2-3 class. Um, we need a Theater 2-3 class. And they're like, well, who's going to take that class? I'm like, the kids that don't want to do shows but have already taken Theater 1. And they're like, oh. So I call that the Miss class. class. Like, I like Miss Alville and I want to take her class, but I uh, am not going to do shows. Right. <laughs> so I have a whole class now that's that. So and I now have two junior high classes and I fought for two. Right. Um, I'm like we need to get them as sixth graders not as What do you do in the miss
1: the, the miss obble class the the bobble class. Okay
0: so on the first day of school I said okay guys it's a right now it's a group of five boys <laughs> and I'm like and these kids most of them cannot pass all their core classes to right. save their lives so they cannot be in shows right? Uh, and so I'm like what do you guys want to learn it's like more like about theater
1: kind of, almost, kind of like- I mean
0: Maybe a little. Um, I'm like, what do you guys want to learn about? They're, one of those guys was like, um, well, I want to learn more about acting for TV and film. And I was like, perfect. I actually just went to graduate school. I know that you guys remember because you had to suffer through some of the things that I learned that I taught you in Theater One. Um, and one of the classes I took was acting for TV and film. Um, oh, my gosh. What is his name that taught that class? He was amazing. Um Anyway,
1: yeah, I won't have it.
0: That's too bad. Yeah. Theater management. Who's okay. the guy that taught that class?
1: The business one. Yeah. Uh, Michael. No, no, that's. Uh, I can look it up. You anyway,
0: so he um, taught us an acting for TV and film class. So I've been using all my notes for class, and been helping these boys get better at being on film. And now we're going to. Um, Enter the UIL film contest. Do I know anything about making a film? No, I do not.
1: You can do Thespians? You can do thespians film too. No
0: that left. is daunting.
1: It's well it's <laughs> less it it's more fun. Like right? okay. it's a more fun reward. Uil is like it's like posted on well, the, the you note. Know, like these
0: kids also are not gonna go to thespians Oh
1: okay. Um they can still do. Oh, yeah,
0: they can? Okay. Well, maybe. We'll see. I'll put it up. I'll see what they say. We'll look up how to do it and we'll see. But yeah, we're going to learn how to make a film. Um, And who knows what will happen. But I'm just, I'm trying to cater it to what they want to learn about theater. I'm like, look, theater related stuff. What do you want to learn? Because clearly you signed up for this class for a reason. What is that? So we'll see. Easy. Easy A i know that it sounds crazy um and theater can get you an easy A, and it's called if you do all of your you work, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um i have had kids fail because they just don't yeah. do anything
1: well it's subjective work most of the time yeah but you just have to do it you have
0: to do it exactly yeah. so uh, yeah
1: <laughs> what? Okay, so you have failed a kid. That's funny. Um, yes, I
0: have, and his coach was not happy. And I was like, "Look, if you can get him to turn in anything, yeah. I can help him pass." But do you know? But... Where
1: this, do you, know where, you don't have to say the kid's name, but do you know where the kid is now? Like, are they still in the school, or Are they off to college, Are they an athlete, or they? No, oh, no,
0: they're not an athlete. Um,
1: do you track? I mean, because it is a small town. I'm assuming it's. Well, it wasn't.
0: It wasn't here. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I will okay. tell you. At Stratford, my first year. So when i thought i was changing the world yeah. <laughs> and i when was, was that, really yeah it's 2001 okay it was okay so it was the year of 9-11 right. and i will 100 percent tell you that i'm sitting in my class teaching i have no idea what's going on in the world and these kids and like, keep like coming these kids yeah teaching, right? these kids come in and they're like the trade center has been attacked where america's under attack and i'm like what the heck are you guys talking about? You guys are lying. I really legit thought it was like a war of the world thing where people were just like, I was like, okay, is this like one of those like shattered dream moments where you guys are all trying to get me to buy into this? And you're like, how, how much can we get this stupid young teacher to believe? And I, And I understand that I look younger than my age. And I found my ID and I 100% looked like I was 14 at the time. Like the student aides would come in and be like, where's your teacher? I'm like, big desk. It's me. I'm the person sitting at the big desk. And I wore the gosh awfulest, ugliest clothes because I was trying to look more like a teacher and less like the kids. And it just didn't work. But anyway, um, that was a bad situation all around. Um, But yeah, so they came in 9-11 and I didn't believe it until... We turned on and the TV and I saw it. Himself, yeah. yeah, it was devastating.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. What What was Stratford like back then? Because they have a huge reputation now. Oh, they're they do. amazing. Twenty-seven musicals. It in feels a month. like
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had no idea what I was getting I mean, that's, into. all
1: of the first year. Stratford High School is a heck of a
0: Yeah, first and year. I took over for Dusty Davidson, oh, who was the never one. Heard of him. Yeah, never ever heard of that guy. Um, he left to go and teach in London. Yeah. Um, And he ended up coming back in December, and I saw him. I was the comedy sports sponsor, and I saw him at a comedy sports thing because he had come back and then gotten a job at, like, KDISD or something. And I'm like, why? Why didn't you tell me you were coming back? I would have, like, handed you your old job on a silver platter. Like, I did not know what I was getting into. We were trying to do big builds, and the kids did not trust me because I looked like I was 14 and I was a girl. And my classes averaged three girls maybe, you know? and it was it was really rough but the shows and cc Prudhomme was the director then and she would just be like okay well we'll just hire that out <laughs> like, i was like do i get to do anything like what is my job for this and she's like well you're gonna have to arrange like the set transitions and i was like okay and i got to design like some of the costumes but we rented most everything and then somebody else built all the costumes i was like so what exactly is my job? Cause they hired lighting in and they hired sound in. And I'm like, okay.
1: Would you ever, would you ever, cons- like what would you do different if you were now and you went back to a Stratford type school, not Stratford. Itself,
0: oh, well now I know so yeah. much more. I think I could be successful easily.
1: As, an, as a director or as a tech director. Okay.
0: A- I'm going to put this on record. Um, I've never I went directed. to, no, I went to college, um, for tech theater. I like being in the background. I like making other people look good. That's my goal. I like to, I don't need praise. I don't need all of that. I like to make other people look good. That's one of the reasons why I got into theater. It's because I could see the possibility of people and like helping them shine and become who they're meant to be. Um, And so as a technical person, like I love the tech aspects. I would 100% want to only be a head director from now on. And the reason why is those tech directors work like a million times more than a head director and they get paid less. Why would I want to do that? Something There's got to be a shift in this balance somewhere, one day.
1: I'm
0: like, what? No.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, but would you, I mean, so there are, you know, I've I've actually...
0: And I really like making choices. And a lot of times the tech directors don't get to make the design choices. They have
1: to do whatever the
0: director said. I'm like... What if I just did all the designs and you built it and made it happen?
1: Yeah, one of the That'd be magical that uh, I've gotten into it with, not gotten into it, that's a, that's a bad way of saying it, but yeah. that I've suggested with Amy, who's standing over there with Thespians, mm-hmm. about when you register, if you are not the head director, the second person that's registered as a director is the assistant director or tech director. That's not always yeah. the case. It's, you know, lots of people are co-director type people. All right, since so keep, we keep getting interrupted. I'm going to get you out of here on this. Okay. What would 21-year veteran Beth Bobble tell first day teacher Beth Obel, uh to help them get through first year and, you know, succeed?
0: classroom management is important and if you say it you have to follow through with it so be careful what you say and have more fun and be less serious and kids aren't perfect and neither are you that's what i would tell her Stop. (laughs) (laughs) my new wisdom